in this final session on the five solas of the Protestant Reformation, we're focusing on Scripture alone. These five solas are an attempt to sum up what the Bible says about God's remedy for our worst problem, namely the problem of deadness, which is solved by being made spiritually alive, and the problem of the wrath of God, which God himself solves by his becoming 100% for us in Christ. And the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christianity, is that our being made alive from the dead forever and God's becoming 100% for us and not against us in Christ forever is by God's grace alone, not any merit of ours, on the basis of Christ alone, not any other savior or contributor to the righteousness that founds our right standing with God, received through faith alone, no measure of law-keeping or works alongside faith as the means by which we become in God's favor or God becomes 100% for us, so that all things lead ultimately to the glory of God and That right there is the gospel of the scriptures, the good news that we preach to everyone in the world because everyone is dead in their trespasses and everyone is under the wrath of God, as we saw in session one. And the the warrant or the foundation for all that teaching and all that bold proclamation is this. With the scripture alone, as the only final and decisive authority for discerning and teaching and defending these these truths. Father, I pray that you would sweeten and deepen our confidence in the scriptures as the sole, decisive, final authority for all we have to say and know in the world, especially about our life in Christ, our becoming saved, regenerated, justified, sanctified, glorified. Teach us now how the Reformers understood your word in relationship to the Pope and the councils and all human authority. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here is one decisive historical publishing event that made all the difference in how the authority of scriptures came into conflict with the authority of the church. The first published edition of the Greek New Testament was produced, the the first printed, published edition of the Greek New Testament. Up till then, for 1,500 years, the New Testament was passed along by being copied by hand. It was produced by Erasmus in 1516, and you can see that the Reformation is dated usually from 1517 when Luther 
nailed his 95 Theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg, not a coincidence that the foundational document was finally accessible to everyone, and that made all the difference in the world, how the church and how the thinking of the Reformers would relate to the authorities who claimed to interpret the Scriptures. Here's Luther's famous expression of the conflict. Unless I am convinced by Scripture and by plain reason, as the way he reads Scripture, I do not accept the authority of the popes and the councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. So the Scriptures are over popes and councils. Popes and councils have to agree with the Scripture in order for them to have authority. I cannot and I will not recant anything, anything that I have written on the basis of Scripture, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God, help me. So there you get the expression of Scripture, Word of God, over popes and councils. Where did he get the warrant to do that? And here's the answer. The text is, is found Galatians 1, 6-9, and then I'll show you how Luther handled it. But let's read it for ourselves. Paul is writing to the Galatians who are being misled by a false gospel that adds to faith something else, circumcision, law-keeping, in order for faith to establish us on the righteousness of Christ. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, not that there is another gospel. So, no other gospel. There isn't another gospel, but, which one? But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So look at verse 8. It is all important for the reformers. If, if, an, if we come, if an apostle shows up, we apostles show up, if I show up, preaching a different gospel than the one we preached to you, that new Paul, whoever he is, is a false apostle. Because not only is he contradicting the gospel that was preached to you, he's implying that apostles can contradict each other. That apostles change their minds once they have preached the gospel under the inspiration of the risen Christ. If an angel shows up and contradicts the gospel we preached Curse that angel. Don't believe that angel. 
And you can see where Luther's going to go with that, with popes and councils. Watch him. Here's Luther, who believed that the Roman Catholic elevation of the Pope's authority equal to or above Scripture was a threat to the gospel. Indeed, it was. Here's what he said. I consider it proper that the words of Scripture, in which the saints are described as being deficient in merits, in other words, the gospel of Jesus is that we don't have any merits that will commend us to God. These scriptures are preferred to human words in which the saints are said to have more merits than they need. That was the great error of the Roman Catholic Church trying to establish our acceptance with God on the basis of accumulated merits that could be applied from others to us. For the Pope is not above but under the Word of God. Where did he get that? According to Galatians 1.8, even if we or an angel, or he would say a pope, or a council, or a bishop, or anyone else from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we, you received, let him be accursed. So Galatians 1.8 was a decisive scripture that claimed scripture, not human authorities outside scripture, we see it again in 1 Corinthians 14, 37 to 38. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you as an inspired apostolic spokesman of the risen Christ, the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. If anyone, Pope, Council, Angel, does not recognize the apostolic authority over them, they're not recognized. One last text to show the emphasis as the New Testament is coming to a close and the apostolic age is passing away. Jude 1. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith, what faith? That was once for all delivered to the saints. For, as happens in every generation, certain people have crept in who pervert the grace of our God. Different kinds of perversions in different generations, in this case, into sensuality, and deny, as happens when grace is perverted, deny the only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So, here we are with Jude saying, my, my great burden for you is that you will contend for a faith that 
is not being added to generation after generation by church councils and by papal encyclicals and church decrees. No, a faith that is once for all delivered to the saints. That's what has to be contended for because the apostolic writers have produced scripture and that scripture is the sole decisive foundation for what we believe. Therefore, in conclusion to all six sessions, the Christian gospel is safeguarded by this truth right here. Under God, the scripture alone is the final decisive authority for discerning, teaching, and defending the saving truth of the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. All other human authority, all other human insight may be useful. Oh, yes, no detraction from the usefulness of sermons and the usefulness of commentaries and the usefulness of church history and scholarship. No detraction. All other human authority and insight may be useful in understanding and teaching and defending the scriptures, but they are subject to the scripture alone as the final decisive authority. Therefore, for the sake of the gospel, the gospel of new life and justification by God's grace alone, on the basis of Christ alone, received by faith alone, so that all things lead ultimately to the glory of God alone, for the sake of that gospel, I'll say it again, the gospel of new life and justification by God's grace, grace alone on the basis of Christ alone, received by faith alone, so that all things lead to the glory of God alone. For the sake of that gospel, we take our stand. Oh, I hope you're with me in this. We take our stand with confidence and joy on the final decisive authority of the Scripture alone.